Hello, friends. Maestro here, bringing you episode 457 of Maestro on the Mic. In today's episode, I'm going to break down how to start generating passive income online. Y'all already know I'm going to flip the script on this one. All this and more, but first, hey, DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two. Hello, 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 my podcast people, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. I am in a great mood. Why? Because I actually just really love making these episodes. I recording, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. If you're listening, thank you. I just really enjoy doing these, and uh, it's Monday. That's my recording day, and I am happy about it. Not happy about my back. I'm not going to lie. This little back of mine is acting a fool. When I was uh, thinking about this episode, I was like, should we jump right into things? I give them an update. And today we're going to talk about how to generate passive revenue online, how to start generating passive revenue online. But like I said, I know maybe two or three episodes ago, I, I want to make sure that I keep the I don't know, the the humanness of the podcast and not just be like super tactical, that's it, and then done. Like, yes, I could do that, but the reason I started this podcast was to have fun, to stay connected with people, my audience, you folks. And so right now we're going to connect over the fact that my back is acting a fool. If you're out there and you your back is doing the same, well, I feel you. I feel you. I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. Um, I think it's actually a good thing to have, even though it's sucky, um, I think it's secondary to actually hitting and swinging in volleyball. Um, if you're watching this on video, you see me. I'm over here swinging. Um, don't worry. I don't drop my elbow like that. It will be up there. Um, but I think it's secondary to hitting. And I hurt my knee. That got better. It actually forced me to change how my what's called what we call the approach in volleyball, um, which now puts me in a better position where so I can actually swing. Before I kind of had happy feet, and so now that I can actually swing and make contact with the ball, what I think is happening is I'm still kind of sometimes underneath it, overrunning it, but I'm actually still able to put power through it. I'm not just getting it from my shoulder, I am getting it from my core, but I think I'm getting it from an extended position. If you're a movement person on here, maybe this is your jam right now, but I think I'm in an extended position when I go to try and like lock down or brace my core instead of being more of that hollow body position. Uh, and so my SI joint is just like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So working on that, I got great people in my corner. Um, got my girl, Anna. I brought her on a bunch of times, maybe once. I don't know. Either way, I've spoken about her a bunch of times. Um, we can link that in the show notes. Anna, she's movement ref. Got my girl, Karen. I'm going to go see her on Wednesday. going to bring her on the podcast. She's local to me. So we'll do probably do an in-person episode for that. But got good people on my team taking care of me and helping me out. And I will die on the hill that physical therapy is the best first career because now I know you know what to do and I don't have to freak out about this because um, back stuff is worse you can't really rest it ever you know you need it for everything um, so yeah that's where I'm at I'm able to play but I can usually get through about half of the stuff and then my back is just like you chill out so I chill out um, but it'll get better 
We're going to make sure it gets better. But that's the update with that. Um, second update that has nothing to do with my back, but does tie into this idea of bringing that humanness to the podcast. I just started listening to a new podcast. It's called the Give It To Me Straight podcast. Um, it is hosted by Alexandra Madison. I'm not sure what her last name is. And John Boof. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Either way, they are married. Maybe you follow them or was one of them, Alexandra, I'm guessing, um, on Instagram or on, uh, what is it? Uh, TikTok. So funny. And I just enjoy them. Uh, sometimes it can be like a little bit of eh, listening to the podcast. I'm not going to lie. They just brought it back. And sometimes I'm like, whoa, man, bless you. Bless you, John. Um, but it's fun. And I like that they bring that dynamic and it's just fun to listen to. And not everything in life needs to be a lesson. Sometimes you just want to walk and like listen to something and listen to people being people. And so that is a really good choice, in my opinion, if you're looking for something. So that's the Give It To Me Straight podcast. We will link all the things in the show notes. And actually, one question from all of this. Jill and I have talked about doing a podcast called Business and Bullshit. It would probably be, it would probably be Business and BS because you can't curse in like titles of things. It makes it difficult to market it. But Jill and I are thinking about doing it, doing it both as YouTube and as a podcast, but uh, I think I've asked in a previous episode, and I'm going to ask again, because we'll likely do it anyway, but, oh, I just hit the whole desk. Sorry if you heard that or if you're seeing that on YouTube. Um, but would you be interested in that? Jill and I hosting a podcast, talking about business and BS. I like the, the I don't know, synergy, the, uh, the both, having both parts there. Uh, so we can get tactical, but then basically just be kind of like, uh, you know, listening in to the conversations that Jill and I sometimes have, like when we're riding bikes or something like that. And it's, all, it's always largely business, but then there's also the bullshit part, the life part. So if that would be interesting to you, let me know. Shoot me a DM at the Movement Maestro. Drop it below in the YouTube comments or shoot me a text. 310-737-2345. It is me. So we're five minutes into the episode. Let's actually talk about generating passive revenue. The big thing here, and if you follow me for any important time, you know this, that I am very like anti this, this idea. I think that passive revenue is a misnomer. There's nothing passive about any of it. I think there's different degrees of how much you have to, you are included and how much work you're doing. But I think this idea of like, I'm going to do nothing and make a zillion dollars, like that's just bullshit. It doesn't exist. And no. Three things that I want to talk about that can lead to a type of passive revenue um, are going to be, number one, recurring revenue. Number two, and this is what I think a lot of people are actually kind of thinking about, what I'm going to call minimized direct delivery revenue or MDD revenue. And then number three, investing. So first topic. Recurring revenue. This is not at all passive, but it does introduce more predictability to your business, meaning you have this amount of money that is coming in to your business account every month. This gets generated by ongoing offers or continuous offers. So continuities, things like a membership or a subscription model. This could also happen with payment plans. But I personally prefer to not have the payment plan extend past the length of the program. That's a personal choice. You can by all means run a six-month program but have a 12-month payment plan. Absolutely. But the point here is that you will have an on a recurring amount of money that gets deposited into your account monthly. And 
there's nothing passive about this. You have to continue to deliver the service. Um, but like I said, it does introduce some predictability. And I think what folks should be striving for, if anything, would be this model of having recurring revenue. What I have seen historically as people move through their businesses is that becomes the second step before we kind of get more of that, what we're going to get into next, that minimized direct delivery. Wow. Minimized direct delivery revenue. So second part here, as it relates to quote unquote passive revenue and the fact that it's a misnomer, I think that what most people are thinking about is largely going to be what I am calling minimized direct delivery revenue. And I literally, literally just came up with that name and pulled that out of my ass. But I think that it explains what's actually going on, which is that you have minimized how much involvement you have in terms of delivering that offer, delivering that service, right? fulfilling on that thing. Within this, um, we're going to talk about three different types of avenues. The first one that I think everybody knows about and kind of thinks about and wants is going to be that DIY product, right? Do-it-yourself product where you sell it, the person does it on their own, and you don't have to have any communication or hold their hand or help them move through that. Super important that if you're going to have a DIY product, you need to actually be able to get people a result with that product. Yes, obviously they have to do it, but if they do the whole thing, they complete the thing and then they get no results, it's going to end there. I will, you know, I think all of us will contend that word of mouth is the best referral source. And so to that end, people have to do the thing and be like, I got a good result. So they will go and tell other people. Even better might be word of obvious, as Kathy Sierra calls it. Um, and that's when people just notice that this person who's done something is now different. And they're like, yo, I want that too. I want to be like you. What did you do? They ask. And then that person says, oh, I took this program with XYZ. But the take home message from that is that it ha you have to be able to get a result with this thing. With this DIY product, the it's going to require two, two parts here. Number one, which is the easier part, is the creation of the actual thing. So we see that there's nothing like fully passive about this. Like you have to make this actual product, which I will say, I've said it a million times, is in my opinion, the easy part. The harder part is gonna be the actual audience building and trust building. Ideally, you build the audience and the trust first, and then you listen and then you create a product that they have expressed that they actually want, right? They have, they've expressed a problem they have, and then you can solve that thing. But there's nothing passive about building that audience and building that trust. There's nothing passive about building that actual product. But that will be the work that's on the front end. And then from this minimized direct delivery approach, the back end, the actual delivery of this, or the second half of this, will be can be a little bit more passive on your end. A Nice way to create a DIY product, in my opinion, is to actually pull it from a live offer that you don't want to run live anymore. I do really like going through something live, getting feedback on the thing, seeing what the questions are, seeing you know, what you need to add so that people actually do this thing, and then you can turn it into a self-paced DIY product. Of note, again, to really keep things transparent here regarding the, the passive nature of this, Creating a DIY product, it will typically, once you've created it rather, it typically will only sell when you're actively promoting it. Yes, you could also run paid traffic to this thing, especially if it's a lower ticket, and that there's a kind of passive nature of that, right, where you have upfront costs and upfront uh, active involvement from you and upfront active energy from you that's required, but then the systems can run. But either way, you have to be promoting this thing for it to sell. Right? It's not just going to 
fly off the shelves when you're not talking about it. So if you're going to be going after that organic approach, then you still have to be promoting it. And there's nothing passive about that. People think, oh, I'll make a course and then people just buy it. And I'm like, okay, try that. And you're going to see that's not how it works. The second part of this though, like I kind of alluded to, is like you could go all in on paid traffic and just keep dumping money into it. So it's not so much about audience building or trust building where you're like really just going for, I create this thing and I'm going to look to spend a shit ton of money on ads and trying to refine the audience and refine the kind of the, the, the funnel, the pipeline that people go through. So they ultimately end up buying this thing or something that puts them in the ecosystem and kind of, they can go through a nurture sequence, something like that. But either way, that's not passive. We hear how much work goes into that. In that case, a lot more money will also go into that. So there is something to be said about a DIY product in terms of it minimizing the direct delivery that's required from you, right? Where you're just largely involved with selling, the, creating the thing, and then selling the thing. You're not so involved with actually delivering the thing. And that could, for some people, feel a bit more passive. We can see, especially with like lower ticket items, and especially as your business grows, then there may be a bit more it may be even, even more, a bit more passive, even more, a bit more. It may be even more passive because you've created this thing, you have this audience, right? You've done all this work on the front end. And so now you can have be running ads that, you know, go to the lower ticket item thing. So that does become a bit more passive. I do tend to get every now and again, get sales from my, my DIY courses that I have. Um, but I, the point here being that it's not some like massive, revenue generator. If you want that, you're either going to have to put in time to actually continue to be selling it so it's not passive, or you're going to be putting in money to run ads to it so there is awareness and you're driving traffic to it. Okay. The second part within this minimized direct uh, delivery revenue stream would be hiring yourself out, meaning hiring yourself out of your business, working yourself out of your business, where you, first you do all of the work up front, you build a service business, you have the trust, you have the audience, you have the referrals, you get the word of mouth, you have a phenomenal, phenomenal product, and then you hire people to actually deliver that service. Perfect example from the world that I come from, physical therapy, right? You build a clinic and you hire clinicians and eventually you're seeing fewer and fewer people. Um, if you're looking for the cash-based model for this, you know, Danny Matei is always my recommendation. That's what he does. He helps people that want to have that cash-based model. I got a new guy, though, if you are looking for someone to help you go from that, and this is for physical therapists, obviously, people that are looking to go from that, I currently take insurance, but I want to switch and move into the cash-based model. Because a lot of the people that I've seen be really successful in Danny's mastermind, um, they kind of just go into that. They're not like necessarily transitioning the model. So if you're looking to transition your model and you have you currently have a successful business practice, a successful business, um, and you're taking insurance, but you want to transition that, that's going to be my guy, Chad Burnham. He's at Chad underscore Burnham, B-U-R-N-H-A-M. We will link all the stuff in the show notes, and I'll probably bring him on at some point. Um, I just got to connect with him again at the Raise the Bar conference, and I was just like, I love that dude. Like, I freaking love that dude. He's also built with, he's literally built like an action hero, like an action figure. Dude is just next level on all levels, but he is the kindest man, or I should say, and he is the kindest man just ever. So two resources for you. What I will say here is you got to be good to your people and create an environment that they actually want to stay. But yes, there could be a more passive nature to this. You run a business, right? Where you're not no longer working in the business. You're working on the business or right? you're outside of it and the thing just runs and it turns a profit and you get money from that. And 
Yes, there could be a passive nature to that. But again, you got to have to go through all the front loading of building a successful practice that, that scales and you can, you know, bring people in. And I, I'm, I'm going to say you got to stay involved to some extent as well. But again, if we have a better name for this, this minimized direct delivery revenue, it's very viable. The last part underneath this, the three different types of minimized direct delivery revenue, it's going to be affiliate revenue. Uh, Pat Flynn makes big money off of this. I say Pat Flynn like he's my bestie, right? But you can, we'll link him in the show notes. Um, but he makes massive money off of affiliate models. Again, it's not that it's so passive. It's that you're removed from the final delivery of the thing, meaning you are selling something for somebody else. Right? You're selling a product, a service that they offer. You get a commission for that, but you don't have to deliver on that thing. It's also really nice if, you know, you are an affiliate for like ConvertKit. I'm an affiliate for ConvertKit. I'm an affiliate for Descript. I'm an affiliate for Crowdcast. I'm an affiliate for LMNT. Um, we have, I actually have a whole entire page called the partner page. If you can link that, Courtney, thank you. If you want to check out the things that I actively promote and I support and I do get a commission if you buy a product using my link or, or my code, you can check that out. Um, but again, you're very removed from the delivery of this. You just have to typically actively promote or sell it. So there is an active component there, but you're not delivering it. And it's, you know, far less energy than if you are actively promoting and selling it. And then you have to go and deliver that thing. To that end, you have to actively promote it at least once. I think probably the most like ideal model is this thing that, you know, in a world where you promote it once, you do like a YouTube video and it's like a, about this product and people continue to watch that, right? Because YouTube videos are, ever, are evergreen. Same thing somewhat with podcast episodes as well. Um, except YouTube videos are searchable. Um, but you go and you watch this, the, you know, people continue to watch this thing and they continue to use that link and you can continue to, to earn or generate income plus revenue via that. Um, but again, there is an upfront cost, at least an initial upfront cost of you creating that content. And I would contend that there is going to be ongoing continued cost, which is that you have to continue to create content so that people, so that this thing is like actually alive and getting things, you know, getting, getting um, an audience or eyes driven to it. Like, yes, you could, you don't have to create a ton of content, right? So this is probably the most ideal is where you do, you do a YouTube video that does really well and it just kind of lives on. Um, but from what I'm learning about YouTube and things like that, like you'd want to be at least doing, putting something on the channel. Yes, things can live on, but it is more helpful if you continue with that channel um, and continue to add things with it. So there is at least a small active component here, but we see that affiliate revenue model, it can be very nice. The last part here, right, I said, kind of three things in general that we're looking at as it relates to actually earning any kind of revenue with this, which is one, recurring revenue, which is not passive at all, but um, a nice way to introduce predictability. The second one, which is minimized direct delivery revenue, which is what I think a lot of people kind of are actually referring to when they say passive revenue. And then lastly, investing, right? I do think that there is a quite a passive nature to this. It's way outside of my zone of genius, um, but index funds do quote unquote work. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you're feeling overwhelmed with the idea of investing. My recommendations, personal finance club on Instagram, his name is Jeremy, um, and Ramit uh, is another account, another person. Um, I recommend starting there. Keep it simple. Yes, it's active in that you have to initially earn the money, 
but you can, from there, if you want, you can automate investing. Um, I personally use Vanguard. I don't automate the investing. I like to move stuff around, um, not within the fund, but transferring the monies in. Um, but I use Vanguard. Um, and my recommendation, as per always, if you need a finance recommendation, it's going to be my, my lady, my woman, Sandy York. She's Fit Money Coach on Instagram. Um, and recommending her from a finance perspective, if you're like, I got to get my shit in order so that I can actually like have money to put into these accounts and to invest. So if you need some help there, Sandy is my go-to. All that's going to be in the show notes. Um, but the big thing we know with investing is that it will require time. So in summary... I think that this term, passive income, passive revenue, is a misnomer. I didn't want to just be aggressive and be like, it doesn't exist, even though it's like what I feel like in my heart. Um, I want to give you some action items. And so first is giving it a better name. I do think that everything requires some sort of effort. What I think people would be more apt or inclined to do is have that upfront or that front-loaded effort. And that's going to be largely that second thing that I spoke about, which was minimize direct delivery revenue. Uh, the first thing I spoke about, recurring revenue. It is not a type of passive revenue, but to have ongoing um, ongoing or continuous revenue that's coming in can really increase predictability uh, to your business and can be incredibly, incredibly helpful. And I don't want to say it'll feel like passive revenue, but it can feel like it. And uh, just even if it's just the calm that it brings you, of like I'm not just going to got to chase people for money every month. It's like this is coming in, this baseline is coming in. Minimize direct, minimize, wow, wow, leave it in, Courtney, leave it in. Minimize direct delivery revenue. That's going to be what I think people really largely think of as passive revenue. And that's where we are going to front load the, the effort and we are going to pull ourselves out of the actual delivery of the service, remove ourselves from the delivery of the service, um, which can then kind of lend itself to a bit of a passive nature for revenue. And then lastly, investing. It's outside of my you know, wheelhouse, my zone of genius, but yes, I do invest. Um, and there is a very passive nature to that, active that you got to have the money and then put it into the accounts, but you can just leave it. Uh, and if you are willing to be patient, you can absolutely make some monies off of that. All right. I do believe that is it. My suggestions, as always, soft suggestions. Uh, as always, lean into what you want. Lean into what feels good. Lean into any of these things that may you know, have resonated with you. But to quote the once great Britney Spears, you better work, bitch. You gotta work. All right, that's all I got for you. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. I will ask for something today. If you like this, you love this, you're picking up what I'm putting down, do me a solid and leave me a review. Why? Because I just like reading them. The stars, the little blurbs, I just enjoy reading them. It keeps me inspired to, you know, I'm gonna keep doing these regardless, but it just like, it's like, yeah, this is freaking awesome. We're, we're all in here in this thing together. Um, does it help with the podcast getting found? Maybe, perhaps, but more than that, I like it. So if the spirit moves you and you got some time, drop a little review, drop a little stars. I appreciate you. Until next time, friends, maestro. Maestro.